Okay, so the truth is I had a coworker that quit on me, and she said it's because she didn't feel safe under the conditions, which, you know, as somebody that you work closely with, it's kind of hard to hear, right? Uh, luckily, though, today I'm going to tell you the untold story of what actually happened with this, and I want to know if you tell me. I mean, you can be honest if you think this is a true story or not, her accusations. Today on the show. Hi, my name's Kramer, and I am proud to admit that I am a mama's boy. You're not just any mama's boy. You're a certified mama's boy. And this is the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. Hello. Welcome to the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. I'm Steve Kramer. So glad that you are here. This is a feel-good podcast I do with my mom every single day. It's uh, live, laugh, and love your mom. We're going to live and share our lives and laugh and love my mom. She's the best. She's my co-host, Nancy Yancey. Hi, Mom. Hi, honey. So that was a that was a very enthusiastic one. <laughs> I'm excited to hear from you. I want to hear all about Be More. Okay. Well, I can tell you. We <laughs> okay. got thirty minutes. We got thirty minutes to kill. So <laughs> okay, got plenty we can talk about. Let's um, do it. I uh, first off, speaking of high honey, I will say the high honey hats are selling really well over in the merch store right now, and they're super cute. They just finally started shipping last week, so it's like a white hat with charcoal colored writing on it. it just says high honey and kind of like this uh, handwriting font, and they're super cute. So if you want to support the podcast. I rarely plug the merch up front, but hey, why not? It's Monday. So uh, just text the word merch, M-E-R-C-H, to 888-Kramer8, and I'll send you a link. You can go get one of those hats. And the uh, Whoop Whoop mugs, too, are um, are, are back. They're back, and they're um, limited edition. So you, only want, you might want to grab one of those while you can. It's my mom, and it just says Whoop Whoop on it. So <laughs> that's merch, M-E-R-C-H, to 888-Kramer8. Well, well, I have I'll, mine I'll on order. I'm Did sorry. you order one yet? Yes, I ordered a hat and I ordered a mug and I ordered the wine glass. It's fine. And then I sent a wine glass to my friend that was telling me about the acronym for fine. I sent yeah. her one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> my mom and I were talking beforehand, just really quick before we talk about Baltimore. Um, we're uh, we're talking about like my mom's like, well, you know, why don't you think about cutting back episodes? You know, like why don't you just go down to one time a week? Because I mean, it, it, you see, this is a lot of work. And I said, no, this is this is my um, this is my retirement plan. Like, my <laughs> mama's boy is, is is the way out of this crazy radio world. You know. Uh, and then she goes, well, how long is that going to be? I said, well, that depends on how hard you want to work. That's you know? right. <laughs> if you want to do one episode a week, it's going to take quite some time. I can tell so, you I already had my retirement plan, and it did not include this podcast. That's right. Well, Just saying. Here I, I am. Know. Here you Here are. Here I am. Here you are. <laughs> okay. What else would you be doing without this podcast? You'd be so bored. Oh, I would be bored. I am bored. <laughs> so you'd be very bored then. <laughs> I'd You'd be, be super bored. bored. Yeah, this I tell you what, this Corona stuff is starting to get to me now. I'm ready. Well, to- I bet, especially because you're you've been kind of cooped up with this whole shoulder pain thing. I wish you could yeah, figure that, that dang thing been out. Fun. Well, yeah. I'll I'll try again tomorrow. You know, PT yeah. tomorrow, and I'll call my doctor and say, okay, now we're going on week six. Man, that's a Still long time. No I feel sleep. Good. Yeah. Not how, how many hours a night are you sleeping because you're pain? Oh, I sleep a couple of hours and then I wake up and then I sleep another couple of hours. I may sleep four hours, but yeah, not, not, that's not consistently. Good. No, it's not good. You got to figure that out. You know, scares I me. know. Thank God. I, I, this is the only job I have. I know. 30 <laughs> minutes a day. That's all that's you got to put in. Luckily, that's, that's the good news. Yeah. Baltimore is, uh, it's, it's, today is the first stressful day. And this is because in the very first time I've lived in a city 
that is extremely passionate about their football team. Because I went from, I mean, Atlanta didn't really matter, but I'm talking about professionally. I went to Savannah, Georgia, which they have a like a minor league baseball team. Not a big deal. Then I went over to Tampa or P- Panama City, no team. Tampa had the Rays and the Bucks, which the Bucks then like weren't very, I think they're better now. I don't know anything about football though. Um, and then I went to Phoenix and the Cardinals weren't great then either i think they've gotten a little bit better uh then i went to san diego and the chargers left like right after i got there so now i'm in a city where the i mean this place loves the ravens i mean they are like die hard today was super stressful because i was walking around uh took kiki for a walk around the neighborhood the first time i actually got out and explored where i live like this actual mm-hmm. neighborhood i live in because before i've just been like task oriented like i gotta go to home depot i gotta go to here oh, i gotta go to there uh so today i just I got out it's beautiful here so i just got out and i walked and i um i'm like oh my god everyone literally every human is wearing a purple shirt like Uh-oh. every single human is wearing a purple shirt now that's cool right like if yeah. you're a huge sports fan but yeah. if you're not it's really stressful and especially and this is like where i think the my masculine toxic what is it uh uh toxicity is gonna is gonna <laughs> kick in because i get so anxious when I see a group of men or I'm hanging out with a group of men that are watching football because my lack of football knowledge, and I'm sure it came from some childhood thing. I'm not feeling masculine enough to do something, Mm -hmm. but there's nothing that raises my anxiety more than a football Sunday (laughs) around a bunch of people that love football because I, I'm always afraid my extreme lack of football knowledge is going to come out. And today, as I was like walking, I was like, oh my God, what happens? Somebody like throws up like a, some kind of like, um, handshake, some Ravens handshake or something, or just throw some kind of knowledge at me that I'm not going to be able to, I don't know what it is. There's very few things at age 37 that I had not been able to work through mentally that I like feel comfortable with. It took me a long time to become comfortable with who I am. I'm not your stereotypical male, but for some reason, my lack of sports knowledge still gives me so much anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) And it really is hard if you don't drink. Well, that's it too. So now I'm the sober (laughs) non- Football watching, you know, yo yogi, uh, vegan. I mean, I'm like, I'm like all the things that just <laughs> that just are just asking to get picked on, pretty much. Oh, so I just know that like the end of football season for me is always a sigh of relief, especially because you know living in such a big football city. I mean, we have to go on and talk about on the radio and talk oh, about yeah. football, right? And you have and, to know the players. And at least at least have enough knowledge to not sound stupid, you know. <laughs> well, but it sounds like, like I, Jess is into it. No, she, she doesn't know anything about football. On Instagram. Well, of she had course, her we both shirt did. On. <laughs> we both did. We don't know anything about football at all. Neither of us do. And this has been my life for the last every radio show. But like, I'm I'm like expected to know about it. So I I got to figure out. I mean, especially this city. I feel like they're gonna like. I just, but I can't come on and be like, "Sorry, guys, I know it's so passionate for you, but I don't, <laughs> I don't even like football. You I don't know? get like, it. I don't get it. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, it's not even like a Ravens thing. It's literally a football thing. Uh-huh. I don't think I've ever been to a professional football game in my life. 
I mean, I think the last time I went to it was high school, you know, a high school football game. Well, mm-hmm. some college games, but not many. Mm-hmm. Not many. So I just, I think some days I'm just going to stay home. <laughs> just stay inside. Don't go yeah. out. Well, J Mac can help you with football. No, He's the I only one I in our family. It's the only honestly, one. My, I, I'm, I'm, we can talk to him about it this week when he, when he comes on, but I, my lack of sports knowledge comes from my dad. And it's because I always say this and I, I, I 100% believe this. And this is really a warning sign for parents that I don't want this to be your kid's future being on a podcast one day um, saying, saying the same thing. But I always say that my lack of sports knowledge comes because my dad always wanted to be my coach. So every sport he would end up being the coach. And then I, I would end up hating the sport because you, your dad is the coach. He's always harder on you than anybody else. Right. right. So I, I say, I always claim that is my reason for not liking sports is because I had my dad as my coach for every single sport. Yeah. You know? It's true. He always wanted an athlete. And, well, Brian was fairly <laughs> athletic. but Yeah, Brian I, was good at soccer, right? Was, well, he was good at soccer, and he did cross country, and he did wrestling. Thank God for only one year. He that was horrible. Wrestling? Yes. I remember that. I cannot imagine Brian wrestling. Oh, it was horrible. Oh, I hated that so oh, much. I can't even begin to tell you how much I hated it. So but weird. He only did it for one year. So that was good. So um, weird. But your dad always wanted an athlete, and the closest thing he got was Maggie as a cheerleader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Maggie's> <laughs> because the most then he could go person. to all the games, right? I mean, that's yeah. what he that's what he wanted to do was to go to all the games and right. have a legit reason to stand up there and scream and right. you know, yeah. and act a fool. No, I wasn't I wasn't having that. First time I got I got a chance to get into acting. I was like, I'm out of this. <laughs> uh, sorry, Kiki's fell in my lap. Oh. Um, I, yeah, the first chance I get to, got to get out and get into acting, I was like, I'll take this route. What else am I doing this at all? So this is well, perfect. Well, that's who you were. Yep. Here we are. That's who you are. And that's what you're supposed 30 to 30 years later, still it's putting on shows. Good. It's all I'm good. I've on so many shows. It's almost ridiculous. Um, but Baltimore's great. I, you know, moving is extremely challenging. And I'm still, I feel like this whole weekend, because, you know, we're recording this on Sunday, we're recording this the day before. But I am, and I feel like all I've done this whole weekend, I went out with Jess for a little bit. And other than that, I feel like all I've done is like unpack stuff. And then mm-hmm. you just turn around another box sitting there. Yeah. Like, Where does this box come from? Uh-huh. Like, I didn't see this box a minute ago. It's like the never ending boxes over here. Yeah. They multiply. So I, I told myself by the end of the weekend, I just wanted to have my house set up, but I, it's not going to happen. I just can't. The day is almost done and I don't sit. It's pretty set up. Mm-hmm. It's much better set up than it was, you know, before the beginning of the weekend. Yeah. But also I, this is, there's so many boxes that I will sure I will never use. Like how much, honestly, how much crap in your house do you actually not even need? 
And now I'm finding stuff even when I get on this side that I'm like, why did I even bring this with me? Like, I don't even want, there's some shoes I haven't worn. I mean, honestly, there's a pair of, they're, and they're so hideous. It's a pair of like moccasin shoes, I guess, like uh, boat shoes uh-huh. might be the right word for them. Uh-huh. And they're they're like red and white. They were very Florida. Like they, that's I got them when I was in Tampa or maybe in Panama City. Ooh. I haven't worn those things. <clears throat> it's me. a very eight years, eight <laughs> years. If I'm being generous, it's been eight years, and I still like I don't I don't know why I cannot get rid of them. I have so many shoes and it's funny. Yes. Usually How I'm many pretty, pairs of shoes do you have? Probably 50 pairs of shoes, which I know I is like ridiculous. It. I think, I yeah. think so. I kind of went through a shoe phase last year because I was really like, I was really like enjoying buying like new clothes. Cause like, I felt like when I was married, I didn't really like buy any, like I didn't really have a lot of clothes. And so, mm-hmm. um, now that I was dating, I wanted to like get out and look cute, but that kind of went <laughs> overboard. And actually what happened was, like most things in my life, I just got kind of OCD with it, right? So like I would OCD with f- like finding shoe deals. It wasn't even about. I mean, there's shoes in there I haven't even worn yet. So oh, I'm like, no. I just I don't know. I got like a shoe kick, and then I've just got like OCD, and then I just kept going with it, and now I've got 50 pairs of shoes, and and I, now you've moved them with you. And yeah. they'll probably sit in your closet, and the next time you move, you'll move them again. Why don't right. you just give them away? I know. I need to. I need to like go through them and just like just I don't know why. I can no. part with everything else. Like I have no problem parting with everything else. For some reason, my shoes have a hard time. I don't even know why. I don't know. It's weird to me. <laughs> um, but I will say that like I'm uh, for the very first time since I moved. I, cause I, you know, it's been so go, go, go. We moved here on, it's been probably three weeks now. And I, I think for the very first time I started to feel a little lonely because I think I had some, finally had like a little bit of downtime. I was basically by myself in this condo uh, the whole weekend. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think for the very first time I felt like this is like a little bit lonely. And then I started to think about how hard it is to make friends when you're an adult because I don't have, I mean, no one's really going to work right now. Right. That's true. So I don't, I can't really meet work friends. I mean, I've, uh, you know, I've met the people that are on the air staff, but they they don't come in the building. Only Jess and I go into the building. So that's not a thing. And you can't go hang out at the bars and watch football. I definitely can't do that. Uh, so I'm like, how is one supposed to meet people and friends? Or as, especially as an introvert, somebody that really only needs like two friends, period. Like, and I'm good. How am I going to meet those two friends? Like, what? What do you do? And I'm sure it will happen. I mean, I had plenty of friends in San Diego, but most of them came from like work or friends of people that I, you know, I knew from work. Right. So. I'm like, how do I do this? If <laughs> well, I put on a shirt, me, I'm sure it will help. Something tells me Jess will not have much trouble making friends. Yeah, she's she's funny. She's really she's very outgoing. We were at, at dinner the other day, and or it was lunch when we first got here, and we we're just mm-hmm. sitting there. And, the waitress came up and I don't know if women are like this or not. This is like stereotypical woman or not, but she was like, Hey, where do you get your nails done to the oh. server? <laughs> and then and I said, where do you get your hair done? She said, do you want to be friends? I'm like, wow, is that really, that's really bold. <laughs> like, that's a lot. I would never do that. I don't. Well, you're going to have to step out there. 
know, I know. Some but anyway, the move, the, the, the city is now that it's not raining every day. It rained for like the first two weeks we got here. It's beautiful. Uh, I'm loving where I'm living, not, even though everything's broken. <laughs> and I, the weather's cooling down. So that's, that's been like nice. And mm. I think, you know, it, it, it doesn't really feel like home yet, right. but it's feeling homier, you know, yes. like homier. So that's all I can yes. ask for, I guess, right now. Yeah, and good. with that, let's go ahead and get to our quote for today, Mom. Okay. So, um, of course, we've all been thinking about RBG and what a, an inspiration she was to so many, really. Yeah. Um, and what a loss. What a loss for our country. And so I thought I would share some of her quotes this week and, and her memory. That's good. Um, she says, I pray that I may be all that my mother would have been had she lived in an age when women could aspire and achieve and daughters are cherished as much as sons. And that's yeah. from her Supreme Court acceptance speech about she, her it, mother. She, it was a huge loss. Um, I mean, not like a not like an unexpected one, right? She was what, 87 years old, I think, uh-huh. right? Yes, and I she's mean, had several bouts of cancer. She's right. amazing. It's amazing. She was, and she served till when? I mean, she was on the bench um, and for t- till weeks ago, you know? Like, she was still working. Just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So yeah. It's, I want to go over really quick the things. I saw this on Instagram. I, I haven't fact-checked this, so... You know, on Instagram, it's probably 20% true, but I think this is pretty. I don't know if you, she has a great documentary out. Um, yes. Have you seen that one? Yes, I have. It's fantastic. RBG, if you want to go watch, I think it's actually a CNN movie. It is. Uh, but it's, it's really, really good. So I recommend it if you want to learn more and just are into female rights. I mean, what? Mm. It's, it's almost hard for me to fathom. Because again, it kind of comes to you know we talk about white privilege. Right. I mean, being like male privilege is kind of the same way. It's oh, like yeah. I don't. It's like I support women, but I, there's no way I can comprehend what it's yes. really truly like. Yes. Um, until no. you kind of hear the stories, right? Especially, and I know it's getting better, but I mean, we're not there yet. So here's things that she accomplished. Um, she was a leading force and securing women's rights to obtain a mortgage without a male co-signer, which sounds freaking crazy. Like, imagine they're like, excuse me, woman, where's your man, though? You can't uh-huh. sign up with to get your man with you. Like, exactly. that was real. Yes, that was not was. that many years ago. No. Um, obtain a checking account without a male co-signer. Mm-hmm. Start a business without a male co-signer. Mm-hmm. Get a credit card without a male co-signer. Mm-hmm. Obtain a business loan without a marriage, uh, I mean, sorry, without a male co-signer. Mm-hmm. Um, Obtain a job without gender-based discrimination. Obtain or retain employment while pregnant. Obtain birth control without having to obtain your husband's permission. Not be forced to provide proof of of sterilization uh, to obtain or retain employment. Uh, Pension benefits equal to male coworkers and equal consideration to be executors of their children's estates. Mm Mm-hmm. Like that just sounds it's like insanity amazing. to me. It's amazing how she really, like you know, I mean, it's just, yes. I mean, she really went to bat for women. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. She's, Oh God, what a loss. I mean, do you tell me as a woman, especially one that's lived, you know, 67 years now, mm-hmm. do, what was it like? I mean, have you seen the improvements over the years for women's rights? I mean, and not just like, what you see on the news, but personally, like, have you felt the difference of maybe like 
a story you may have of like growing up and just like what it was like to be a woman versus oh, now? Oh, most definitely. You know, um, I was really blessed though because my mother had a business degree and she, you know, ran a business with my dad. So yeah. she wasn't just a homemaker. I mean, she was out there in the world. So I had that as a model. So it never occurred to me, <clears throat> excuse me, that I couldn't that I couldn't do likewise. Right. But I definitely saw it in the workplace. Definitely it it shifted over the years because, you know, when I started to work, you were either a clerk or a secretary or a teacher or a nurse, right? Right. Um right. Or you were a stay-at-home mom. And then, you know, as time went on, I would say not until though late 70s, early 80s, did you start to to see women in typical male roles. Right. And and that was, was, you know, few and far between. And even now, I mean, even now, we're not there. But boy, we have come a long way, and it's because of her opening those doors for us right. that we do now have the rights that we have and um, can do whatever we choose and be whomever we choose to be. Um, yeah. It's yeah. it's just it's so bizarre to me. You know, the fact that women only got the right to vote within the 50s, I think. Mm-hmm. Like even that's kind of insane, right? Yeah. 70 years ago. That's not a lot long at all. No, I know. Vote. It's like what? Like that's just that's insane. So, anyway, yeah, RBG, uh, legend, legend, mm-hmm. and uh, it's you know we we don't talk about politics on this show, but it's just it's almost like the crescendo of 2020, and especially this 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 last four years right here at the very end, mm-hmm. uh, just add a little bit more chaos into mm-hmm. the political scene, you know. So. Yes. Um, so yeah, more quotes would be great this week. I'd love to hear okay. them because I think she is just, uh, and, and again, our RBG is the documentary. I highly recommend that. What are you watching on Netflix, by the way, right now, mom? My octopus teacher. Yeah. What is, what is that? You know, um, your brother recommended it to us today on our call. It's, I'm not, I'm not finished with it. I'm about halfway through. Um, but it's about a photographer that went through a couple of really bad years of, um, depression and, he actually started swimming in the ocean and really connected with nature and started following this octopus and learning more about him. And eventually the octopus befriended him and would swim up and, and embrace his hand. And, you know, it's just one of those amazing stories about how we are all so connected you know, and it took him a long time to to earn her trust. And but how long him. is that? I feel like I want to watch like a two minute clip of that on Facebook and move on. I don't think mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, don't think I it's feel very like long. I, I think it's probably uh, maybe an hour and a half. We've well, watched too long for that story, isn't it? Like, no, it's, it's I feel like it's up right there. I'm like, okay, cool, yeah, that's, that sounds really good. <laughs> it's very touching. It's, like, it, it, it really is. It's very touching, and it, it's just a reminder of us being connected i just started watching the social disaster social dilemma or dilemma thank you social dilemma uh and wow what a uh i mean it's all the stuff you know that like Uh social media is terrible for you Uh but it's 
interesting because it's basically it's a lot of people that like created it. Yes. Like there's a guy on there that was uh, one of the the leading people in Gmail. Uh, there's a guy in there that actually created the Facebook like button. Oh and, wow! Uh, yeah, and talking about how scary and how you know it's and it's obviously very one sided. But I mean, we got to wake up to know that like mm. all of this stuff is not good for us. And right. listen, I'm not, I'm no saint. I'm just as addicted. I'm, I'm wildly addicted to my phone. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's really scary to me how much, you know, how much time I spend on this thing or looking at it or refreshing or, you know, mm-hmm. searching for stuff. I mean, it's, it's not good, but to actually hear it yes. from the people that created it is yes. really terrifying. So, yes. you know, there's two things you can go watch on Netflix this week or maybe this yeah. weekend. Uh, mine sounds a little more interesting than my mom's, but <laughs> <laughs> all right mom gotta move on but i love you and thanks for today oh yeah honey love you forever and shout out to every single person that has tried better help better help is the greatest my sister actually joined i had no idea uh that she joined better help and better help is online therapy it's the greatest online therapy too by the way it's just uh, i don't know there's other ones out there to be honest with you i'm sure there are but i've really enjoyed my time with better help and it's so easy especially in my time of transition i mean everyone's going through a transition of some sorts like even if it's just becoming a stay-at-home parent and uh, while still working and having kids doing distant learning or whatever um it's it's a lot harder for you to take time for yourself right now and that's why i highly recommend better help it's all the cool stuff you get from traditional therapy without all the awkwardness like sitting in the waiting room having to get to know your therapist like by going in once a week or a couple times a month or whatever this is like I personally like the video chat up. There's something empowering about being in your own space when you're having to open up, you know, for the first time. So depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. I I want you to start living a happier life today. And so as a listener of this podcast, you're going to get 10% off your very first month by visiting BetterHelp.com slash Kramer. Join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, it's uh, BetterHelp.com slash Kramer. Okay, Monday Cheeseman here in a couple seconds. The only co-worker that ever quit on me said she didn't feel safe anymore. I'll tell you the story here in a couple minutes. Never told the story before. Uh, first, though, shout out to all of our certified fans. I promise you, starting this week, I have to like, give myself deadlines, like trying to get back to normal. Uh, starting this week, we're going to have our, our whoop whoops back for my mom. So that's uh, something to look forward to. But thank you to all of our certified fans and whoop whoop to you. Thank you for your support, especially as we're making these uh, kind of getting back to normal on this podcast. Hopefully just uh, a little bit. Now, if oh, if you want to become a certified fan, why don't you text the word fans, F-A-N-S, to 888-Kramer8. You know, I was talking to a friend today, and she was like, I was disappointed that, that so many San Diego people dropped off after you left. And I'm like, I know, I am, I am too. I am too. So we could use your support more than ever by texting the word FANS, F-A-N-S, to 888-Kramer8 if this means something to you, this pod, if you like it, you know, digging it. All right, Monday Cheese May. Let me reset what Monday Cheese May is in case you're brand new because a lot of people, well, I don't have a lot, but maybe one or two people are coming over from from Baltimore now. So uh, Monday, the word Cheese May in Spanish means gossip. That's the translation. And it's not like mean gossip, though. It's not like, eh, they're stupid. It's like the juicy stories, and I always said that this podcast is going to give me the chance to tell stories that I have never been able to tell before. 
And it's because, because of like the radio business. And I got to be a little more careful, I guess, but you know me, I'm probably not going to be. So, um, every Monday we come on, I just have a, I just have a story. I'm able to open up more about things that have happened in the radio past or just in my life that I've never been able to talk about before. And today I want to tell you a story about the time that my coworker quit on me and, uh, she said she didn't feel safe. Said she didn't feel safe, and this is actually my very first co-host of all time. So let's go back to 2007. I just started a morning show in Panama City, Florida. So excited, by the way. And I knew, like, I really going to Panama City for me was really taking a, a leap of faith because I knew that I wanted to put on a really big morning show one day. But I knew also that it's you have to kind of work your way up. So I, I went to this very small town, Panama City, Florida, and I was given no resources. I had uh, literally nothing. It was just me making $26,000 a year, which was a difference from my twenty two five I was making in Savannah. I was like, wow, $4,000 more. What the things I can do. Uh, with all this extra money, what will I do with all this extra funds? So I, um, I, I really, I had to really say, I think this might be able to turn into something one day. So the one thing that I was given was there's a woman there by the name of Kim Diamond, not her real name, I'm sure. And Kim actually has now passed away. I think she died of cancer about three or four years ago. Uh, but when I came in, Kim was doing, she was doing like traffic for the whole entire cluster. And Kim actually had a pretty impressive resume. She was in San Francisco for a while. She was actually like, she was like in radio and radio was like popping. And she used to tell me stories about how like when she would go to these appearances, you know, like, Hey, I'm out here at T-Mobile. Come see me. They would actually like drive her in like a limo, <laughs> like drop her off and stuff. I'm like what? <laughs> like I got to pay my own gas money to get over there nowadays. Um, so Kim was like kind of old school, but the reason she, I think ended up, I don't, I don't honestly don't know a lot about her life. She was kind of mysterious a little bit, but she, she had ended up in Panama city, which is a very small market because she was dating a guy who lived in Louisiana, Mississippi. I think it was Mississippi. Is that the same place? Is Mississippi and Louisiana the same place? <laughs> No, Mississippi and Louisiana, they're not. Is that a city? Oh, my God, it's so embarrassing. That's two different states, right? Oh, this is embarrassing now. Anyway, it was somewhere along the coast of over here, over there, I mean. And uh, so she, it was like a chance for her to be close to him. He was also in radio at the time. And two radio people, by the way, together. It's just disastrous, just FYI. And I think that's kind of what happened. There was a lot of strife between them and there's a lot of tension between them so she would always come in and it'd either be like the best day or the worst day right she was either oh my gosh yay like everything's we're so happy and the next day she'd be like it's terrible we got this huge fight we broke up last night it's one of those kind of relationships right so i don't think the next part of the story that i'm going to tell you is the truth but it's still the story nonetheless so I, one day, uh, no, so as, 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 I, as I got started, um, it was just me solo doing a morning show, and I needed somebody to kind of banter with. So I kind of was using Kim, who was doing traffic, just to kind of, you know, talk from time to time. I'd bring her in, and we would just kind of chit-chat, and she kind of became, I guess, the co-host of the show. And through the... Through the, I, I would say, the few weeks that we worked together, she was really kind of becoming pretty great on the air. I was really excited about it. And then one day she just didn't show up anymore. And I was like, that's bizarre. Like, she just 
wasn't there. And like, I thought maybe she had slept in and then, you know, eight o'clock rolled around nine o'clock and she just wasn't there. And then by like the afternoon, nobody heard from her. We were like, that's just bizarre. And I found out, I guess I got a call later. It was late in the day that Kim Diamond had literally just taken off, like left town. She left, she called and she left a voicemail on our HR director's uh, voicemail saying that she just didn't feel safe anymore. And uh, something had happened. I don't remember exactly what had happened in town, but something had happened, something racially driven. And I don't, I, honestly, I don't remember what it was right when I first got there. But she had said something about how she felt like people were like watching her and had something to do with like that case. I think maybe because Kim may have also done the news too, now that I think about it. She may have done the news as well, news and, and traffic. And I think she thought that since she had reported it, that people were, like, out to get her. And so she literally just, like, skipped town. And I never talked to her ever again. Ever. And it was such a bizarre, it was a bizarre story. She added me on Facebook a few years ago. Uh, and then I, I, I read, in like, the, the trades that she had passed away from cancer. But I don't really, I think the true story of what had happened, and, I, again, I don't know. I'm kind of just kind of speculating. I think that what happened was she got, maybe got with her boyfriend and maybe it was under contract, and so she just decided to just say, "Hey, listen, I, I don't feel safe. I don't know. I don't. It was just. It was very bizarre. But she felt like she was the target of something to do with this racially driven story. But I never got like the the truth. So that's that is the legend of Kim Diamond and all that she's about. Whatever that was. And if you remember this next segment, it's back." It's back. I'm going to start bringing this back this week and see how it goes. It's time for the good news. Yeah. Remember this whole thing? It's back, people. It's back. It is time that we look at some of the good news going on in the world because there is a lot of it. And I know we don't focus on it as a media in general. And so what I want to do is take time to really get in there and dive into the good stuff that's going on because we don't need to hear anything else bad going on right now, right? Start over in California. Remember, I used to live there. Seems like forever ago. So, uh, a nineteen. I mean, truly, it really does. Just no BS for a second. Like it almost. It's been so busy. I'm feeling like it was a lifetime ago in San Diego. It's only been three weeks. So, there's a 19 year old helicopter pilot that's taking to the skies to help fight wildfires. Her name is Ashley Blaine, and she's only a teenager, but she's been flying since she was 13, and she flies one of the biggest helicopters. It's a, a 40,000 pound CH 47 uh, Chinook. Chinook? I'm saying that wrong, aren't I? Chinook? I don't know anything about helicopters, but that sounds fancy. Chinook? I'm going to say it with confidence. A CH 47 Chinook. Ashley is following in her father's footsteps. He's been fighting fires now for over 30 years. And she said as soon as she got into flying, she knew she wanted to get into firefighting one day, too. And now that she is flying as her dad's co-pilot, making sure that the water their helicopter is carrying actually hits the targets. And that's not really easy, obviously, when there are all these adverse conditions out there, trying to navigate the thick smoke and uh, another aircraft working with them. But it's really her dream job doing it. I love what I do, especially getting to fly with my dad. That's one of the best parts. Other than flying, what's the most important lesson you've learned from your father? Oh, how to be a good person. He's a very compassionate and empathetic person, and he does his best to help out um, our local community and his friends. And, and that's something I really admire about him is his willingness to help other people. And I think that's 
hopefully a trait that um, I can pick up from him and learn from him. And now let's go over to Dallas. Uh, there are anonymous donors that save the day for a very special ice cream shop in Dallas. Uh, it's called Howdy Homemade Ice Cream. And employs people with special needs and provides them with the opportunity to earn a living. Very cool, right? But the pandemic, though, forced them to close their doors for two months. And the owner, whose name is Tom, wasn't sure if he would be able to reopen after his mortgage, after mortgaging his house and depleting his savings. So the community's like, no, 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 no. We don't want to lose this. This is really cool. So what they did was they rallied to keep them going. And donations poured in. And in just 10 days, they raised more than $120,000. That was that all just to support our friends over at Howdy Homemade Ice Cream. And now they're set to reopen a brand new location, and they're going to be back to serving scoops. And we'll end today's show with it made me laugh. It's back, too. It's back. Uh, talking about football season, and uh, her name is Elizabeth Sass, and she's got a very interesting perspective. If you really think about the details of the game of football. Fall's my favorite season because that's when my best friend comes back from summer vacation. My best friend, TV. (laughs) And I can't wait for the return of my favorite gay soap opera. Maybe you guys caught last season's finale. They called it the Super Bowl. (laughs) Now, some people say that football isn't gay, but I ask you, when a man can be characterized as a ball magnet and he's praised for his ball handling skills and he gets in trouble for holding other men? Isn't that a little gay? I say it's totally gay. I say football is a hot, hot tale of forbidden love. You know? It's romantic at times when they strive to penetrate each other's defenses. It gets kinky when they deal out severe punishments. Playful when they splash each other with Gatorade? And if you're still not convinced, I'll ask you this. Who but a gay man goes out in public wearing sparkly skin-tight knickers? I've only seen that a couple of places. The NFL and gay dance clubs. That whole video is over in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Seriously, really appreciate you and hope you're enjoying it. And I hope you'll be, if you were like, yes, I need this podcast on a daily basis. I hope that you'll text the word fans, F-A-N-S, to 888-Kramer8. And let's get the certified fans back up. That makes me feel good, okay? Listen, have a great Monday. See you back here tomorrow. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to my son's podcast, Certified Mama's Boy. Be sure to review and subscribe and tell your friends. Love you forever.